Welcome in, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at LonghornPod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's celebrating his 200-ish episode, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's funny. Podcast numbering, if you're not familiar with the biz, a little inside baseball for you listeners here, uh, is an inexact science, maybe more art than science. Um, I listened to a, a NPR economics podcast called Planet Money, and they just celebrated recently their, their 1,000th uh, episode. But it was funny. They said, well, then we did research, and we had two number 256s. We also had, like... 14 before we started numbering you know so it, it is a bit inexact but i think we're daryl we're plus or minus within the um within the hanging chads of uh of 200 episodes so congratulations to you for putting up with me for that long uh listeners congratulations to all of you um for having gerald's gold in your ears all these years and, and again putting up with with me that's that's a landmark so I actually I, I waited a couple of episodes because you and I have have missed a couple of random ones in there. And so if we tried to celebrate 200 on 200, it had been like 197 for me and like 198 for you. And it had been weird. So I figured if we both just went beyond 200, we could then say we're celebrating about the 200th episode. So it felt it felt right to push it past 200 to, to make sure we got it. And if we count the, you know, the the six to eight that we we did and had to scrap because of uh, technical difficulties, we're way over two hundred. I don't know if you count those. <laughs> yeah, uh, there there have been a couple. And again, so he's showing you how the sausage is made. Where I just texted Kyle and was like, "So I this one not going to work. Technical issues." But it's it's we're not here to talk about the back door back alley podcast scene that we're in. We're here to talk some football, and this is the week zero episode. Now the this would have been the week one preview but that's okay it's it's fine nobody's nobody's super torn up about you know whatever the state of the world is and why we can't have 12 weeks of football but we'll neither here nor there so tom herman described it as a week zero in his post-practice press conference and so we will do the same we'll talk a little bit about so we'll talk a little bit about what he said and what it means for the season. Texas got not one but two big grad transfers. We'll down the 40 and we'll obviously close the show out with some bang the drum. So Tom Herman held a press conference. They had a weird week of practice where they 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 canceled a couple practice sessions. They got to meet as a team and talk about you know social issues and the things that are going on. Um, and then they went back to practice and had a, a what according to what Coach Herman said a, uh, a good practice as far as the effort and intensity goes. Um, and so they're, they're kind of gearing up for game week again. They still haven't had two days of back-to-back full pad practices. But you know what? UTEP's going to be a full pad practice anyway, so I think we'll be okay. Um, he talked about the situation at linebacker where they've got enough bodies. They really just need to accelerate the learning process. Running back, he said it's basically irre- uh, irrelevant who's going to jog out there on the first play because they have all three are going to play quite a bit 
and they have different packages for each. I'm looking at you, Austin P. Three back option situation. Come on with it. If we were playing a game tomorrow, Casey Thompson would be the backup. Tariq Black has made a little bit of a name for himself. Uh, they also talked about 12 personnel. There's a lot. I could go through all the quotes, but it was like a 30-minute press conference, and I'm not going to do it. So, Kyle, when you when you go back and listen to, to Coach Herman's uh, commentary about the practice session, man, what, what jumps out at you as a positive and what jumps out at you as something to uh, still keep an eye on as we have like 12 days until we have football? Yeah, it's uh, right now. I'm in that phase as I, I watch anxiously of that linebacker room. We've we've been there for months, but any bit of news is catnip. So just hearing him talk, they said, you know, the 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 you know three deep is a bit inexperienced, but they're they're learning. He's pleased. They have you know four guys that are game ready um, by September 12th. So I mean, they, there's some guys that they feel confident in. Um, we'll talk a little bit when we do our defensive preview later in the week on you know a little depth uh, and what we think uh there but it, nonetheless i'm just excited to hear anything but i had a buddy text me uh, when the quote kind of came out about it's irrelevant who's going to jog out there the very first play and said that that must be a terrible feeling for for keonta ingram and, and his camp which again um folks i don't think college football players necessarily have camps maybe maybe they do some do but you know i i think um the the sentiment there is a little bit i took it differently i took it to mean we have three number ones on the depth chart and that's not a bad thing i took it to mean that there's going to be keonta ingram games there's going to be roshan johnson games there's going to be Bijan games you know it could be it could be scheme fit um, against the defense they're playing. It could be who has the hot hand. Um, you know, it could be a number of, of things, but I, I think they're, uh, it meant more as a luxury that we have three number one running backs as opposed to no one has separated themselves and the guy who you would expect to, the returning starter from last season, um, the guy who was, you know, the top running back recruit in uh, a few years ago, like isn't just a, a for sure number one. I, I took it less like that, but again, I, some of our listeners may have taken it that way and I would say let's wait and reserve judgment on just because he hasn't been in all of the you know Texas football posted Instagram videos does not mean that we think anything is wrong with Keontae Ingram this season Uh, again could it be that the other two are so good that you know there is a changing of the guard sure Um, but but I think it's more of of that good problem where um, you know it's a battle of good not a battle of like who's the guy who has to get these carries because someone has to line up there. I do not think we're in any way in that situation. Yeah. And, and Herman said something to that effect. And I think, uh, he basically said, who's feeling it that night. Is it something that's going to kind of determine who gets the lion's share? And that's what they did last year with Keonta Ingram and Roshan Johnson and, and newsflash. They Roshan still touched almost 850 yards and Roshan averaged basically six yards a carry. So like they're going to get theirs. And especially in your city's offense, and we talked about it with Philip Slavin in our uh, Oklahoma state preview, go back and listen to it is that your wants to run the ball basically half the time. So if you got like 80 plays in a game, right? Offensively you run somewhere in the range of 70 to 80 plays. And so like 40 of those in theory would be running plays. And so you're getting multiple carries per running back. And I think you'll, you'll be fine. Probably double digits for multiple guys. Unless again, you have a game where like, Oh, you were Roshan's just feeling it or against, uh, against Utah where Keontae was kind of just crushing it. So I think you've got, you've got a situation where this is not 
a two quarterback situation where I'm a firm believer when you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. When you have three running backs, you've got three running backs and you've got three guys that can make plays and you can trot out two running backs on a, on a passing down and have one stay in the block and one squirt out there on a, on a, on a route and on a pattern. And I think there are offensively, the more weapons you can have, the better, right? And that, that's what Herman said. We talked about the 12 personnel. It's like, we're just trying to figure out how to get the best 11 guys on the field. Because if we could, we play 15 because there are 15 that are that good. But when you've got the best 11 guys on the field, if it's two guys that are listed at tight end, air quote, tight end, then that's fine. Like that's all well and good. You just got to get the most talent on the field. And that's one of the things that excites me about Mike Yersich is that I think he's a guy that's like, okay, who do I have? What can I do with these people? And I'm going to, I'm going to just get the best ones in the best positions to make plays. And speaking of just interesting things, right? So um, a couple notes, he confirmed that Yersich will in fact be calling the offense from the press box. It'll be his, which, you know, good, Sign of confidence, kind of what we all were hoping for. He's saying the right things now. Um, but letting him do that might mean they kind of got beholden to um, personnel packages last year in, in, in lieu of tempo, which which was good. They had an efficient offense. Um, but, you know, they could now maximize talent advantage against certain defenses in certain situations. So it'll be interesting to see how they mix that up. They could still obviously um, get a, a set, you know, package that's working for them and just go tempo anyways. But they, they you know, mix it up. Is never a bad thing. Um, but speaking of that, that twelve personnel with some some big tight ends, um, an interesting depth chart note came out this week that tight end Jared Wiley um, is also listed as backup kicker. Gerald, as the the co-host of the internet's foremost Texas Longhorn kicking, punting, and women's sports podcast, um, how do you what do you think about it? Well, one, you forgot we're also the internet's only Texas Longhorn men's tennis podcast. But, uh, I mean, Wiley is one of those guys that he, he tweeted about it that he played four different positions in high school. It was like quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, punter, right? He, he played a bunch of different spots. Um, and, and according to statistics that Alex Loeb, uh, our, our friend over at Longhorn Network, dug up five of five on field goals and 34 of 38 on extra points. So, uh, I mean, we, we don't think that Cameron Dicker will need it. And, but again, we saw last year Ryan Bushevsky went down with a season-ending injury. And so uh, I don't imagine Cameron Dicker ending up running the ball like Ryan Bushevsky did on a broken play. But weird things happen. It's a weird year. 2020. So having somebody like that who, who um, can make plays for you is not a bad thing. Look, Lou Groza was 6'3". They named the kicking award after him, right? He wore number 76. All right, that's fine. Stephen Hauschka of the NFL and and Longhorn North's Seattle Seahawks, like he's still with them, is six four. Right? There's some big kickers. We get it. I'm I'm like trying to find biggest kickers of all time. I know there's that Penn State punter who you know must have been pushing two fifty. Uh, but Jared Wiley is six seven, probably two fifty five. Like you know, easy. Like there was a picture of him standing next to Herman, and Herman looked like his kid brother. Um, I, I just I, I'd like to imagine a world where someone goes to block a kick and Jared Wiley's kicking and then just says, I'm not diving in front of that guy. He's a monster. I mean, Wiley is one of the like best physical specimens on the team. I have been singing his praises. I'm ready for him to be like my, my cult hero favorite player for the next few years. And he just keeps, um, he keeps, 
he keeps coming up there for me, right? He keeps he keeps coming in. He was great in the offseason and all the social justice, kind of being woke and just caring about his teammates of all shades. And now he's, you know, proving to be multifaceted and talented and interesting. And like I said, I was pretty high in his play at tight end, um, though forced in the fire uh, last year. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes with him from any facet of his game. There, I don't know if there's a player that's more tailor-made for you to love them, Kyle, than uh, than Jared Wiley. So some more news out of fall camp. Texas picked up not one, but two graduate transfers this last week. Uh, we talked last week about the lack of depth at running back, and so Texas addressed that with the best running back, I would say, in Division Two football. So um, Sioux Fall, the running back for... Um, Running back Gabriel Watson joins Texas. He was uh, with the Sioux Falls Buffaloes, I believe. Is there Bison? Maybe is there? It's it's definitely a Buffalo or a Bison. I just can't remember which uh, which hemisphere we're in to call it. Uh, so he in 2018 led all of Division Two in six different offensive categories, including yards per game, yards per carry, and rushing touchdowns. He was injured in the opener of 2019 and redshirted. He now brings the fourth scholarship to the running back room Sioux Falls Cougars believe it or not Cougars. yeah wouldn't wouldn't have got there in, in a few guesses but um there you are uh no the uh the, I mean just just crazy uh, a guy who in 2018 like was actually turning NFL head scouts with his with his statistics I don't care if you're playing two-way Texas high school football I don't care if you're playing six man I don't care if you're playing in um, West Virginia, North Dakota, South Carolina, East Carolina, North Central, Dover. I don't care. If you put up 2,000 yards and 26 TDs while averaging 7-plus yards a carry at any level, that's good production, and that's great to have on the depth chart. Um, he's a guy who will have two years of eligibility, and, and who knows, right? Could, could, could get some time. Like, I really just like... Having it, I think um, I was I was looking at Danny Young, who is a guy we were saying, and you know, it hurts to just lose that depth, the fourth position. Danny Young was very good in high school, and the Houston area was was very good. Never had anything close uh, to a two thousand yard season, however. So uh, you you basically upgraded your fourth spot. We just talked about uh, running backs, the the you know rock going around. I'm not saying it's a four way race, but hey, I'd love to in week one in Utah be up enough that we're we're running Gabriel Watson new to the team out there. Uh, to let uh, let him get some some spin and see what he wants to do when we're up seventy points. So you mentioned Danny Young, and and I'm a Danny Young fan because I think Danny Young has the right attitude. He came out last year and basically when when asked like, "What do you think about not playing? If you thought about transferring?" He said, "If I'm not playing, it's my fault. So I need to get better." And I love that attitude. But I think um, when you lose a guy like Danny Young, he he's a he's that he's that glue guy. I think of that running back room, and I think uh, you bring in a guy who's got a lot of. Uh, a lot of experience under his belt, like Gabriel Watson, and I also think, and, and this is not to 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 downplay what Danny Young brings, but he looks like Danny Young with a little more slip to him. Is the best way I can describe his game is that I think Danny Young is a battering ram, and I love that in a running back. And Watson has some of that. I mean, he's six foot. 220, like a big guy, but you watch him playing, and again, it is D2 talent, so you know you can you can take it or leave it. But he's he's able to to slip past some guys, he's able to slip some tackles, and so I think that is that's something he brings to the running back room that I think uh, I like to see. Yeah, his tape is fun. You should you should go watch it if you're a fan of of grinding good tape, uh, 2,000 yards in that season, and just a lot of moves at speed, um, which which I liked. Right, like it's it, it wasn't just 
one cut and then no one can keep up with him. It was, you know, he'd made a move, he was running full speed and, and was able to make a second or a third move or, or run through somebody. So it, it was a... Um, he seems to have a couple tools in the in the in the shed. I'll say so. Uh, again, exciting, right? Like he's got a couple years to prove it. This year, eligibility will you know not really count, I guess. So technically, three years kind of to play at UT. So uh, a long time ahead of him in theory uh, at the University of Texas. So welcome, Mr. Watson. Absolutely. And so the on the offensive side, the other the other room that needs some uh, some experience under its belt. The wide receivers room picked up a. Arizona transfer by way of Oregon or an Oregon transfer by way of Arizona. Uh, Brendan Schooler, who uh, played for Oregon for three seasons, started 10 games at safety as a freshman, 74 tackles and four interceptions, played a really great season as a freshman. Then for some reason, they moved him to offense. He played two years at wide receiver, 41 receptions, 477 yards, a two-time all-pack 12 uh, selection as a special teamer. was injured last year, grad transferred to Arizona, but then their season got canceled, so he ended up grad transferring again, I think is how that worked. Like it's a it's a weird situation. Yeah, especially weird because you consider his brother also um, is grad is grad transferring was um, a linebacker at Oregon and it looks like he's going to be playing at Texas Tech. So they both came to the Big Twelve but different schools. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. I think Schooler, right? We we talked about it. The the Kyle's big stat um, on the offensive preview podcast was that again. I can't say this statistic enough because it's so insane. Sam Ellinger has two receivers in the wide receiver room with more career catches at the University of Texas uh, than him. He has two. Uh, again, Apps moved to tight end. Uh, Moore got got hurt one year and then didn't play the next. There's some there's some things, sure, but uh, two. So adding seniority is great, um, and and also I mean the special teams is going to be huge. Uh, talk about that a little bit in our preview next week when we talk defense and some special teams that I think he can be an instant contributor um, right there on a unit that um, our coverage was great in, in last year. It was, it was not, um, it was our return that was more of an issue, but um, clearly uh, coach Bullware and uh, the other special teams coaches um, are getting a really, really good one too. Cause two time first team, all back 12 special teamer. Um, that's legit, man. Like you could go to the NFL on that skill set. I don't think people value that enough. That's the thing that separates a three loss from a one loss is just being elite at all the little things. Right. I think that that really sets a team apart. Absolutely. So, Texas gets some depth at some well-needed spots, and we will uh, obviously keep up with it. I feel like they're probably done with grad transfers at this point, but uh, you never know. You never know. Mid-season grad transfer, a guy who comes in after week seven. I don't know. The University of Texas announced its 66th class of the Hall of Honor, and a lot of names that make me feel really old that they've been out of school long enough to be considered for the Hall of Honor were announced. So four football players, Jamal Charles, Jordan Shipley, David Thomas, Glenn Blackwood on the hardwood for the men, DJ Augustine, PJ Tucker, Tom Penders, and Heather Schreiber was her maiden name. Stark, I believe, is her married name. Uh, baseball, Rick Bradley, track, Alexandria Anderson, golf, Brad Elder, swimming, Erica Hansen Stebbins, volleyball, a favorite of yours and mine, Julianne Fawcett, her now married name Johnson, and soccer is Casey Moore Powers. Kyle, these are players that you and I had the opportunity to watch on campus, a lot of them, uh, and we recognize their greatness then, but it's cool to see them inducted into the Hall of Honor 
again ten years later. I mean, honestly, some of some of our all time favorite Longhorns are in this list. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that uh, you get DJ, PJ, DT, Shipley, uh, JC. I, don't, I think that's a Jamal Charles acceptable nickname. I mean, you have just some like of the the all time greats of our lifetime of watching Texas football. Um, Jordan Shipley, you know spent six years on campus so maybe he uh beat his friend in i i think i believe when i look colt mccoy not in yet so probably in the next one uh or coming up soon but uh, at first i was like man jordan shipley that's overdue why isn't that guy in there year one graduating but um just some some legends like honestly i mean dj augustin just one of my favorite ut basketball players ever loved watching him he was a texas cowboy with me pj tucker probably my favorite like favorite basketball a player who isn't on the Spurs. Just if I'm going to watch a player on any team, just his defense and the way he's evolved into a three-point shooter, a perfect for that Rockets team. Um, and just like we said, the, the coolest sneaker game uh, and also meanest dude combo that you've ever seen. Um, I mean, just all the way down the list. I mean, like Julie, like you said, I mean, Julian Fawcett was, uh, you know, probably as much a fan favorite as any of those other football or basketball names I just named before it. So, I mean, just this was a cool class, but you're right. I feel about 62 today. Yeah, 62 and a half for sure, because I, I think Julianne Fawcett got to campus the same year I did, and you got there a couple years later, which is fine. But I, I just, I'm exceedingly old, and, and I, I didn't get my invite. Del Conte, where is my invite to the Hall of Honor? That's what I was going to say. As soon as they do the podcasting Hall of Honor, Gerald, we have to be in at least the first six or seven classes that they do. We won't have to wait until 66. A solid seventh class of the podcast Hall of Honor. Kyle and I will be inducted. But that brings us to the part of the show where we give some shine to all the other stuff that's not football during football season. And we down the 40. And so this is kind of football adjacent because I think those athletes are probably impacted the most. But Texas announced on Monday that they are enhancing the Forever Texas program with Texas Leverage. So it's a program to... uh, help empower student athletes to leverage their personal brand and kind of set them up for business opportunities following, uh, following their time on the 40 acres as a student athlete. And it's kind of a, I mean, they're not shying away from it. It is an outcropping of the name image and likeness things that are currently happening in college athletics. I think it's so smart for Texas to get on the front of this, right? I I mean, they are this we don't always get to say we're the joneses and, and it's indisputable right with football the last 10 years it's 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 definitely hurt some claims but this right here is 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 the part where it's indisputable right texas knows how to put a product out they know how to market they their fans our fans all of us uh, associated with our rabid you get the interaction on social media you become household names i mean people take this very seriously um this is where texas is the jones is and, and i think it's just genius i think it is at, like this is going to be a part they're looking they're forward looking they're thinking about the future this is you know chris del conti you know this is the the fantastic uh social media team getting you know just some incredible graphics out there this is building that that you know brand in the 2.0 right texas 
Longhorns as a brand in the 1970s was big. Texas Longhorns as a brand in the 20, 20, 50 years later is completely different the way that you market it and understand uh, the entire online uh, ecosystem. So, I mean, I think it's just so cool. And I, I think it's amazing that they are really empowering and leaning into it and teaching these kids, right? I think it's that's probably the coolest part about it is, is teaching them. You saw it last year. We talked a lot about it with the personal brands that they created, the logos for each player. They're really leaning in and telling people how to do that. Um, we saw it. We talked about it with the competition that they pitched business ideas. That's a huge part of it. Business formation, entrepreneurship, um, financial literacy, which is so big for players. Um, you know, they try to teach NFL rookies that, but start now, start in college. Like I think honestly, every college student should like get, uh, some, some literacy in all of these matters we're talking about, especially for athletes where they're earning potential, um, you know, could be astronomical, like learn before, before you make it all learn how to do it, what to do it with, um, and, and, you know, how to make that sustainable. Yeah, and I think something to think about and be aware of is this timing coincides with the first day that um, coaches can reach out to 2022 recruits. So I don't think the, I don't think the timing is uh, is coincidental, right? Mon- a Tuesday at midnight when when Monday turns to Tuesday, coaches are able to reach out to the 2022 kids, and so. Um, them saying like, Hey, we're going to set you up. You, you want to be a brand. We can help make you a brand. And I think that starts with the new hashtag that they've come up with the iconic 22, right? They're, they're kind of leaning away from the UT focused words, which I'm fine with, because I think a lot of the kids that are going to commit to this class are going to commit to being part of an iconic Texas program because Quinn Ewers coming in is like, Hey, I'm going to win a natty. I'm going to win a couple of natties if I can. So let's 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 do something that nobody else. I say nobody else. People haven't done since the 50s, right? Nobody's done it since the 1950s, and that's win multiple conference championships and win multiple national championships. We're going to be the Texas icons of the future, and I think those two things are so closely tied together. It's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's genius. Uh, you have to give a shout out to to obviously recruiting coordinator Brian Carrington, a, a fan or a fan favorite, a favorite of this podcast. Um, again, Chris Del Conte, the athletic department, the creative team. I mean, it just it all works in lockstep so well, and and it's so perfect. I think the timing of you know Quinn uh, Quinn announcing the the release of the twenty twenty two kind of hashtag, the momentum that you're already seeing in that recruiting class, like. Uh, let's go ahead. I'm all for it. If we win a national championship or two before they get here, that'd be, that's, that's, as we say in, in my native Louisiana, that's lanyap. You know, that's just a little something free on top. Um, but <laughs> I'm not from Louisiana. But, uh, you know, I think that's, it starts to change. Sam laid the foundation for an utterly, you know, I don't want to say utterly forgettable. There are some good moments, but a, a, a almost entirely forgettable decade of 10 years. Sam came in and kind of changed that. Herman's here. Del Conte's here. There's a new wave, a new thing, and it's building up. And it's building to 10 wins being the expectation again. It's building to winning the, the, the conference, winning, and, and this isn't just football. I shouldn't say that, but winning national championships in multiple sports. Um, you know, let's not forget, there's Kevin Durant. He's a pretty big brand uh, in football. I mean, Houston Street made lots of money in, in baseball. They just brought to- Troy Tulowitzki himself, who, who made bukus of millions of dollars onto that baseball coaching staff this extends to all uh sports you come to ut people are going to know your name i mean there's a reason uh we still fawn over cat osterman you know the greatest softball player we get the best athletes in the best sports and now we're preparing them to be the best version of whatever that looks like uh in the 2020s decade 
So speaking of 2020 recruits, basketball, in spite of Jai Lucas officially being gone, has managed to bring in top tier talent, more top tier talent in the 2021 class. Uh, four-star guard Tamar Bates commits to Texas, chose Texas over uh, some schools you might have heard of, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa State, uh, Creighton, Ohio, Oregon, and Alabama. He's a 6'4 combo guard, uh, played three years in Kansas City, and now he's at the IMG Academy. He is a guy who has a ton of of upside and this 2021 class is taking some really nice shape early in the cycle yeah he's a guy i'm actually really excited about because it's a you know shaka smart needs this type of guy on his team uh a lot of scouts across various you know the various uh platforms have him at, at, at a you know good solid potentially high four star but the one thing that everyone notes is he's one of the best defenders in this entire class um which i think is great right like let's play some good defense that you know that was the reason we hoped when we brought in coach yaklitz that the basketball team was trending towards but i think this is if yak would have stayed this is exactly his type of player that you build a defense around for at least a couple years while he's on campus um you know our first img academy uh commit i'd love to get that pipeline just real secured and get those four and five stars in uh on the reg um and yeah, I mean, it moved the class up to number 16 nationally. They signed a couple three-star uh, players before that or three, four kind of on the borderline stars who weren't just the big five stars we're used to. But those are four-year players. Those are, we're building something for the next level of players. They're replacing a healthy senior class that's going out. So I, I really like this class, actually. And I think there's probably still one, maybe two even uh, more pieces in it, which is exciting. There's There's going to be Um, With a lot of seniors going out, there's room uh, for some new guys to come in. And I think uh, this is a great fourth piece in 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 a really interesting class as it's shaping up. Yeah, the the 2021 class and, and really hopefully the guys that they brought in for this season, um, looking at them together would be would be very, very nice to see. So we've got two women's schedules to look at because, well, the NCAA canceled all the championships and all of that, but the Big 12's like, not nah, player, we're still playing sports. So we got two conference-only schedules for soccer and volleyball. Soccer would play a nine-game season playing each conference opponent once. Their uh, first game is actually the day before the first football game on September 11th. Volleyball is going to play a 16-match season against the eight Big 12 schools that play Volleyball, there's one that does not. They open the season September 24th on the road against OU. Uh, yeah, and it just a reminder, it's going to be really interesting, right? They're, the home games will be played in the drum this year to allow for social distancing. Uh, they announced that a couple or a month ago or, or so. So um, fans can still come out as it, as it stands, but it will be a different home court advantage uh, than Texas usually has. But, I mean, Texas has had a run over the Big 12 for a few years now, and the fact that Pac-10 and, and Big, excuse me, Pac-12 and Big 10 aren't playing um, volleyball either, they canceled all fall sports, makes Texas, even though they haven't released national rankings, clearly one of the favorites this year. So this is a season you should be watching closely and getting excited for because there's some real talent uh, on the roster this year. They, they had a really good grad transfer. They brought back a couple of All-Americans. They, I mean, this is a team that very, very, very likely will be competing for a national championship, or that's what expectations should be. Yeah, and, and I think it's upsetting that they won't have the opportunity to play for a national championship because the NCAA pulled the trigger on that. But again... Those are the times we live in. So on some positive news, positive news, Kyle, the state fair is not going quietly into that good night. They are going to open 
to drive through tours of the state fair during its normal weekend runs. You do have to sign up for a drive through spot. But how it'll work, you can drive through uh, 50,000 cars, I believe, is the limit. So in Texas, that's a couple of big SUVs packed with like eight or nine people, maybe 10 people if you get them in the back. Um, but you can get the fair food via kind of a drive-up window. There'll be a park and picnic area with proper social distancing. They'll basically be open for like most of the Saturdays through the middle of September and October. Uh, they'll obviously be closed the weekend of the football game, but they are adding two additional afternoons to make up for it but again you do have to sign up ahead of time to get your slots uh it's interesting i mean it let's hope by next year we're we're back to a regular fair so this might we'll see be a one-off uh thing this would be so interesting just to experience it in a way if you've gone to uh this particular game that takes place at the the fair maybe you've heard of it or you've gone to the fair just because you're in the the greater you know north texas or dallas area uh, many times you'll probably never experience it quite like this. So it should be interesting. Um, you know, uh, I, I might. We might make a trip up just for the, the fair food and the in the sights and to take it in and to see what uh, what it looks like so we can tell our kids about it one day when I'm walking them into uh, the state fair for a Red River showdown. And just a, a caveat, an asterisk, Big Tex will be wearing a mask. Oh, I love it. Big Tex will be wearing a seven-foot mask is what the measurements are on that thing. So Big Tex is going to be masked up for your protection. Uh, And then finally, Sam Cosby named an AP preseason second team All-American. So Texas getting some All-American love in the early season. And the best thing about that, that included all the players um, for any conference, any team, whether they'd opted out or their team had opted out. So uh, puts Cosme in a good position if he has the season we think he will to be an end-of-season All-American as well. Absolutely. So that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? So, Gerald, I mean, if, if you'll go with me here, we might try something a little bit different. Gerald, we're, we're, we're 62 days away when you're listening to this podcast from a presidential election. Basically, two months' time from a presidential election, and not just presidential. You vote all the way down the ballot. An important election for the state of our country as we come out of a pandemic. Um Regardless of, of how you're casting your vote, it is as important as it's ever been in the history of our country to vote. Do it. It's going to be very um, interesting, right? Depending on health and how, and how everything's going. You may see unprecedented mail-in voting. Um, there are deadlines, and we can share this out uh, so everyone can see it. But uh, deadlines to, to get your mail-in ballot if you choose to vote that way. Um, coming up pretty much in, in, in October, so as we, we head into September now, next month, um, check your state, look it up if you're going to vote by mail. Early voting in Texas, at least, starts um, the, I think the, the second week of October. So we're, we're, we're so close um, to this you know, coming to fruition. Um, and, and one of the big things the um, NBA players have been obviously leading a lot of uh, kind of protests and, and conversation around um, sports and politics have been tied together uh, during a period of tumult in our country. Just everything going on right now at this exact moment has lined up. Um, but then it came out uh, that the NBA Players Union announced that only 20% of NBA players are registered. And Chris uh, Paul said that is going to change. You know, they, there are multiple coaches that I want to get my whole team um, registered. Tom Herman said our goal is obviously to get everyone registered, not just registered, but actually go vote. And so I'm going to put out a call to action right now. If you are 
under the sound of my voice, if you are listening to this podcast at this very moment and you are not registered to vote, please, I implore you, take the time. Go register to vote. Find out in your particular state when the deadline is for that. Find out when the deadline to request a mail-in ballot is. Again, it's, it's, it's within a matter of weeks at this point. Folks, please, please, please be prepared, be ready, register, have a plan, and go out and vote. And then... Tell three or four friends about it. Get the word out. Make sure in this odd time that we get everyone who can and and obviously wants to out to vote. It, it is critically and crucially important. Um, and I know this is typically a Longhorn Sports podcast, uh, but this is a thing that kind of it, it sports exist in a world, uh, and this is is a much bigger deal for that world. Um, so please, please, everyone, go out. And vote. And regardless of, of your alignment, regardless of your affiliation, regardless of who you choose to vote for, uh, there were there have been wars and, and multiple um, conflicts that that led to our right to vote. And so, regardless of how you choose to vote, vote. Right. I, I, that's 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 the important thing. Um, and and this is this is spurred on, and this conversation is spurred on because Tom Herman talked about it. Um, with the with the players, more importantly, is that you know they actually had a group come out and and talk about the importance of voting, and actually they had players register to vote at this event, and and I think on the tail end of that, Kyle, you and I have um, you and I have said before and multiple times that sometimes we feel like Tom Herman is too smart for his own good, and that he kind of makes weird decisions and overthinks things, and I think Herman just kind of has gotten it in these last couple of months. And, and, and if the way that he's leading these young men, he said something in his, in his press conference today, that, you know, these, the, or I guess it was on, on Sunday, right? Uh, these young men have experiences that we'll never have. And so, you know, my, my job is to, is to listen to them. And the, the thing he said that I think everybody needs to hear is the, the one thing I ask you to do and ask all of Texas fans to do is to listen, right? You don't have to agree, but just listen, right? Listen to what other people are saying. And, and my, my motto for the last six months really has been discourse, not discord. Right. I think Tom Herman is embracing that where, you know, he, he wants to, he wants these players and these young men to have a voice. Um, and I think he realizes that they deserve to have a voice one because everybody deserves to have a voice, but these are players that generate like $130 million for a university. And so they've kind of earned a platform, at least in my, in my mind. And you may have different feelings about it, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that if I'm going to cheer them on Saturdays, that I at least have to listen to them as people Monday through Friday. These are not video game characters. These are human beings who we cheer for on Saturdays for football or, or weeknights for, for baseball or uh, whatever sport we are, we are watching these student-athletes partake in. They're humans, uh, and it's important for them, like every human, to be engaged in their world and, and in their community and and if if we're going to listen to uh their demands and we're going to expect them to to play and and entertain us uh, you know we we want them to be uh also just holding up that greater world because you know most of these listeners to this podcast um if they're they're my age and your age gerald or older um are significantly older than these players um and and they are the future right these are the young college educated this is when you're you're forming your worldview and coming out and and um you know they're the future so everyone 
vote. Absolutely. And that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. You can catch me on like three different podcasts this week. So two woke nerds went up. We talked about Chadwick Boseman, sadly, and then the DC Fandom event. I also uh, got to preview the Texas Longhorns on our friend Philip Slavin's uh, Big 12 podcast, the 1012 podcast. And I also appeared on Rock Chalk Talk, just kind of talking about um, how the, the current social climate impacts college athletics and and what could happen in the college landscape. So I did a lot of podcasting over the last 10 days. So you can check me out on any of those. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook up, hook up, gone forever. Forever.